0: Welcome back to Brain Body Movement, the podcast for those interested in everything nutrition training and mindset. I'm one of your host Brad, and I'll be joined by my co-host, Brock. Today's episode was a Q&A where we answered four questions that got sent to us through social media. Question number one, when the equipment you want to use is busy, should I go ahead to the next exercise and come back, or should I substitute with a similar exercise that targets the same muscles? Question number two, what are the benefits of an ice bath and cold plunge? Question number three. Is it better to take 5 grams of creatine monohydrate post-workout or before bed each night regardless of a workout or rest day? Currently taking it before bed, but is the timing better post-workout? And question number 4, my lower body has more body fat than my upper body, what can I do to balance it out? That was in the back half of the show and in the front half we discussed the winners and losers mentality, spoke about certain dieting tools, brought up a study about importance of sleep and gave you a few random facts. Alright, enjoy the show. Pros are just amateurs who know how to gracefully recover from their mistakes.
1: Yeah, so this reminds me a little bit, I heard this the other day from um Hormosy, and it was winners actually lose more than losers do. I was thinking about it and I'm like, Yeah, they do. They just they just keep going. <laughs> like that's that's why they excel is because yeah, okay, I lost. Yeah, okay, I failed. I'll keep going. I'll keep trying. I'll keep going. And then to relate that back to health and fitness, the only way you can fail is if you quit. So like just keep going, keep going, keep going. The people you see at the top is just, they're persistent. They just keep going, keep trying. That didn't work for me. Okay. I'll try keto. Okay. That didn't work for me. I'll try um, carnival. Okay. That didn't work for me. I'll I'll try um, tracking macros. Like it's a plethora of options, many ways to skin a cat. Sorry for the vegans, if that offends you, skinny cats. um, (laughs) (laughs) Skin the tofu. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so yeah. I I when you sent that unsolicited advice through, I was like, Oh, that reminds me of that Hormosy quote about like the people at the top, the Tippity Top, they probably lose more than the people that are losers do, like they have one loss and like, oh nah, not for me, give up. People at the top, lost, try again, lost, try again. I mean, how many missed shots did Michael Jordan have?
0: <laughs> Lots.
1: Yeah. But he kept trying, didn't he? He kept he kept going, kept going. So
0: yeah, yeah, same. Same with the um, the light bulb with Thomas Edison. They're just like, oh, he just figured out like over a thousand ways not to do it, and then he just did yeah. that one time. And uh, look at it now, it's helping us go through Zoom, talking through this and that. It's it's good. I like I like I said, um, Brilliant. with the winners, they will just like or Homozy, what he, whatever he said about. They will, they will lose more, but now once they're up the top, they'll just take bets that are, aren't always that quick cash and they're more like that risk mitigation. Like Warren Buffett with his investing and that is like, okay, how much, what can he find that he, he just won't lose as much money as if like, you know, put R- all your money in one basket. Large. Exactly. So low risk, but high returns instead of high risk, high returns and i think that's relating it back to fitness as well you could you could do all these fancy get all these fancy supplements and stuff and you know work out 10 12 14 times a day but if you're just doing like that 80 percent, you'll get most of the way there and you won't burn yourself up and then give up it's like can you sustain that for the long time like when i ask, when i first like meet with people and I ask them how many days a week can you work out I've had people say yeah 6 times a week I'm like okay let's like realistically like if you know you had the worst day ever and you felt like shit how many times realistically could you come in for the rest of your life and as soon as I said the rest of your life their tone kind of changed and they're like oh maybe yeah 2 or 3 maybe <laughs> and unfortunately those people that said the six times you you kind of have to in a roundabout way let them know the expectations of like this is a long term like you wouldn't you wouldn't um like if you were to do something else like say go for a run every day like most people wouldn't go for a run every single day for the rest of their life like maybe there's some people but walking you know you could go for a walk every day for the rest of your life and and it's and it's the same with like working out like yeah, maybe you won't go to the gym six days or seven days a week, but you could maybe just do some movement every day. Like some, It doesn't even have to be under resistance. You could just do some bodyweight stuff, like even 10 squats you could probably do every day. So it's just finding like, unless you're an athlete, it's just finding that balance of just con- finding things that you can do consistently over time that will build up and compound that will keep you going for the long term instead of I need to do all the top tier things right now to get me going to where I want to be. But really, if you were just to, you know, coast, like, what is it? What's that saying? It's like slow is smooth and smooth is fast or some shit. Have you heard of that? No, I haven't. No, I'll just edit that out. That's all good. <laughs> I was just going to say, are you sure it's not slow and steady wins the race? <laughs> no, no. Yeah, that's that's just, like, yeah, that one's standard. But anyways, yeah, so just take it slow and then just add it yeah. on top of, on top of that because actually that reminds me of um, when amateurs and pros play differently. The amateurs are like going for the hard shots. So say in tennis, right? You're going for the hard shots all the time, whereas the, the pros know that if you just keep it in, if you're playing against an amateur, if you just keep it in, inevitably they'll make the mistake and you'll win. Mm-hmm. So if you were to play tennis with someone else like that's an amateur, just just keep it in, try not to go for the fancy shots because like that 80% is just keeping the ball into the into the court, and inevitably they'll make the mistakes and it's not until the, the pros get up there where they'll hit those big shots. So I think that's the same with like business and, and health and fitness of like you don't need to do these fancy things. It's just like keep playing the game and then inevitably you'll reap the rewards.
1: Well, this is what we talk about when we say take the, the low-hanging fruit first like do the easy stuff acquire wins build momentum keep going stay consistent so i've actually got a post lined up for this afternoon that's just talking about there is no shortcuts <laughs> the fastest way to get somewhere is to stop looking for shortcuts <laughs> like sh- shortcuts are there there's no such thing like if, if there was it would be world news of like this amazing fat loss protocol that is a no the basics work that's why majority of people preach the basics it's just rinse and repeat over and over and over and over and do it consistent consistently now during that period you may have a vacation where you you gain some weight during that period or you may try a different style of eating and see if it works with you and like there may be some losses along the way but to win and get to your goal is just keep going keep churning through do the basics we discussed this last week like even with ourselves it's nice to be reminded Just to do the basics like repeat 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 it may be boring it may be tedious but you've got to find a way to make it not boring and that you actually enjoy it um you know what's boring doing the same thing over and over and over again and not getting not getting results like trying this shortcut trying that shortcut trying that's boring not getting anywhere not seeing any progress whereas if you were to repeat the same thing and actually make some progress I highly doubt that would be boring. Be like, oh, for the first time in my life, I did a pull up. For the first time in my life, I squatted a hundred and sixty kilos, hundred and fifty kilos, whatever the mark is that you've got. One fifty, mate. <laughs> so, like, like that is that's exciting. Like, actually achieving things that you've got laid out. So, yeah, stop looking for a shortcut. And yeah, the fastest way there is to avoid the shortcuts.
0: Mm. Yeah, because you'll you'll go, you'll think it's a shortcut, but at the end of the day, it might. It might send you like two or three ways back and then mm-hmm. you're wondering and it's like, Why the fuck did I do that? Like <laughs> <laughs> like we we have other people out there that have made mistakes. So listen one, listen to us or listen to people that have made these same same mistakes before and learn from us. And that's that's what we've like, I think it was Hormozy as well. He was saying like we have the ability to learn from other people's mistakes, not like any other animals really. So it's important to learn from people's mistakes so then you can get forward further. That's that's how progress happens in the world and everything. is like we've figured out to do this. Now let's add on top of that. Like just think of the phones when they first came out and or the internet even, like how big they were, like massive servers in massive rooms and now you can have one right in your pocket and like it's crazy so that's what's great about living and being a human is like we can learn from each other um and obviously you need to be in the right headspace to learn from one another but yeah take it from us slow and steady (laughs) does win win the race in the long time because this isn't a even though i'm right now i'm doing a you know a little cheeky six-week cut, it's not the rest of my life like It's just for this period of time where I can be and dedicate it for a certain period of time and I know what I'm doing and I'm documenting it now. And then after those six weeks, then I can reevaluate where I want to be in that part. But if you're going from program to program, staying the same and not learning anything, that's where you really got to reevaluate. Because yes, it may not have helped then, but you may have learned something along the way of like what not to do So in a way, it may, it may, you may still be going forward, but you're going, you're going way too like sporadically. It's just like find out what would work, like, and the basics that we talk about. You know, just make sure you're active every day, training at least twice a week, um, eating whole natural foods, nice low, um, low fat protein sources. You can add some healthy fats in there. Enjoy yourself. You know, have good connections get seven to nine out not seven to nine hours worth of sleep, you know, the basics that we preach every single time we're on this podcast nearly. Um, but that's because we want to drill it into you of like so you don't get caught up in the catch all of like people on the internet of like buy this expensive thing for really like wrapped in a in a bubble wrap of it's just the basics and then the accountability on top which can work and gets you get you moving but just know like so you don't you know get done over again like keto and all that kind of shit
1: yeah which is it's it's super common so speaking of I've got a uh <laughs> I've got a study to bring up that is I think you'll laugh when I read out the the headline of the the study and this is one of those trends so it's to do with intermittent fasting <laughs> the the headline of the study says Reducing total calories may be more effective for weight loss than intermittent fasting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh the frequency and size of meals was a strong determinant for weight loss, in other words, the total caloric value, rather than just skipping breakfast.
0: <laughs>
1: so like like we've mentioned before, like that's like a water is wet sort mm-hmm. of study. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> um that's like something that we we preach so we preach you can use intermittent fasting but it's just a tool in your tool belt to help you create a caloric deficit the key principle to losing fat is a caloric deficit it doesn't matter how you create it so long as you cover your micronutrients and you don't feel like a zombie or want to bang your head against the wall like it doesn't matter how you create it you can go keto you can go vegan you can uh, go paleo you can minute fast like whatever it is they're all tools that those diets are just tools that you can um, reach from and extract from in order to help you maintain that that calorie deficit so yeah i saw i saw the headline to that study and was like brad i love
0: that oh my gosh yeah that's classic hey you got i guess this is the thing like sometimes you do need these studies and then like replicated studies so then we can make sure that it's the actual evidence but Yeah, that's. I guess that's a no-brainer. But the thing is you've got like people out there that will try and (laughs) just spin it in a way where it's like, oh, you know, they're all um, paid off by, you know, the intermittent fasting mob Mm -hmm. or whatever. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like big farmer and all that shit. So, yeah. Yeah,
1: the, the crazy thing about something like that, like let's say there's a study done on eggs, right? It's obviously not going to be funded by vegans because why would why would vegans do a study like fund a study for for eggs like yeah, exactly. it's obviously going to be funded by the egg industry. So when people come out with that, I'm like, well, what did you expect to happen? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> same with like if there's a study to be done on on milk or dairy products, obviously going to be funded by the dairy industry or something like that because why else would anyone else want to fund a study involving that? So I really dislike that argument and discrediting
0: studies based on where they're funded from. Yeah, like don't get me wrong, there's obviously a little bit of corruption in that kind of stuff with certain journals and that. But yeah, just going blatantly out because it doesn't fit your bias saying Mm. that it's funded by this person. It's just like, do you know how expensive studies are and how long (laughs) it takes to prepare? I don't know personally, but I've heard from people that do studies that have said how hard it is just to even get participants sometimes and then you've got time constraints and especially during COVID and and all that kind of shit. And it's just like... It costs money and you have to pay these people. And if you don't get the right measurements, they're going to come back and you got to pay them again. And it's just like, yeah, the vegans aren't going to pay for some egg egg study. And nah, like, nah, so, uh, well, no, that's, that's a, it? it's a funny one. I do like intermittent fasting. Like I'm doing, I'm using that as a protocol. As a tool. Yeah, exactly. Um, but as long as you know, the the basic underlying principles of why it can work. If you skip breakfast and then you have like still yeah still have three or four meals later on in the day and they're still highly caloric and, and go over your calories, you're gonna mm. fucking gain weight. Like <laughs> you know, oh intermittent fasting didn't work for me. No, it you no know, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> so <it's just> like, <laughs> But yeah, I do find sometimes depending on how much you have to fit in that say eight hour window to eat a lot of calories, especially in four hours and stuff, but I personally like eight because you can get three good, at least three good minimum protein sources to, um, maintain muscle mass. So that's, I wouldn't go any lower than eight for that reason. Um, but for some people that maybe do have more weight to lose, um, you can go a little bit less, but I personally wouldn't go, uh, less than eight. No, nah,
1: I, I wouldn't either. Um, the only really time I use intermittent fasting, which I think I've discussed before is let's say if I'm on, uh, on holiday or say over the weekends on a day where I'm not training and I'm eating out, and I know that I'm going to be eating out. It's going to be high caloric value. I'll just skip breakfast. The calories I would have consumed at breakfast, bang goes on to dinner, can enjoy myself completely guilt-free. So that's pretty much the only time I really use intermittent fasting mm. just because I train at 10 pretty much every day during the week. And I like to have some sort of food in my system rather than training fasted at 10. Like I've been awake for six hours by then and yeah, I'd, I think I just feel a bit flat towards the end of my session, especially if I'm trying to progress in the gym and, and see strength and muscle gain. So, yeah, I try and get at least one meal into me. But, yeah, it's a tool, <laughs> like like anything. So, yeah, I thought it was interesting. Mm-hmm. I've got more studies if you want to hear them. Okay. Yeah, put them out yeah. there. So, I've got one on um on sleep, which, again, this – I saw this saw the title of it and I was like, Well, this fits our narrative perfectly. So let's just really drum home the sleep thing.
0: Let's confirm our bias. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: So it was released on the February fifteenth, so it was only only five days ago. Five days ago. Six days ago. Um and the summary of it was sleep irregularity, in other words, like chronically disrupted sleep throughout the night, or like um disruption to like your circadian rhythm. So let's say you were going you went to bed at night, uh, nine one night and then you went to bed at 11 the other night and you went to bed at seven and you were waking up at different times as well um increase the risk of a few diseases particularly atherosclerosis um yeah it's just pretty nasty the effects of several nights of poor sleep and what it can have on the effect it can have on your body not to mention like just if you do have a uh, you're pursuing a fat loss goal or a muscle building goal like doing it with poor sleep it's Makes it that much harder. Like, I would almost put sleep up there with total calories in order of importance for achieving a, a fat loss goal or or building muscle. Because, I mean, it's a nightmare. It it affects your hunger cues. It affects the the regulation of your core body temp. Like it if, energy it affects your brain day. brain cognition, your energy. Like it affects so much. So yeah, I, I saw this, and it was actually it was actually a well done study and they looked at a lot of health parameters and it wasn't just atherosclerosis. There was a couple of other diseases, but that was the main one. And, and that should be alarming enough for people of like, okay, I don't particularly want atherosclerosis or um, it also mentioned a uh, trouble with glucose metabolization, mm-hmm. but yeah, you you don't want any of that. So yeah, just make sure you're prioritizing sleep, especially if you've got health and fitness goals, fat loss or muscle building.
0: Yeah, for sure. And just for the mothers out there that listen, um, <laughs> <laughs> just do the best you can, really. Um, yeah. And if you can, maybe get some naps throughout the day. But just get a routine going if like, and try and get as much um, be- in bedtime as you can. Uh, we say that seven to nine hours. Um, but I mean, like, if you've got young ones, that's just a time of your life where, unfortunately, you're just going to get that lack of sleep. Not just mothers, but fathers as well, maybe. <clears throat> so... It's just consistently just trying to get those healthy habits wind down before bed, just like you would put your baby to bed, like put yourself to bed as well. Like do all the things beforehand, whatever you want to do, an hour, or half an hour, whatever it is beforehand, um, that is feasible for you. Um, and, and then you can try and give yourself the best sleep as possible. Obviously, there's going to be interruptions in the night and that. Um, and just know also your, Your chronotype, like most, most people would like, uh, there's like four chronotypes or something with like late, like like night hours. And then there's bears or some shit. Most people like those, that bear, like roughly around that six, seven ish mark. And we go around that between nine and 11 around there. Some people stay up late, like 12, one, and then don't wake up till nine, 10. So just depending on that as well, there's a lot of cool research about, um, people's internal. Um, so, cadmium clocks as well, like my mm-hmm. clock might be different to your clock, Brock. Um, now, I'm not sure of any research showing if we can change that clock or not. Um, but I know that if, sometimes if I go to bed too early, I can't get to sleep. And that's obviously just like over time, you can slowly move that like bit by bit. So, I wouldn't say move it by like... So, say you go on to bed at like 12 and we're saying that you go to bed early and you go try and go to bed at 10. Like you're not going to have enough sleep pressure and yeah, it's just going to be too much. So just think of it in maybe like half an hour increments bit by bit and then night by night to see if you can slightly just not watch that extra episode of, you know, your favorite (laughs) Netflix show or whatever. And then you can go, all right, roughly around this time is where I feel refreshed. I I feel tired when I go to bed because I've woken up at the same time, roughly around the same time every day as well. And it's like, all right, this is a good time now. And you'll know, like, you'll know if you want to stay up real late and want to sleep in or if you are in like an early bird and you want to get to bed early and then wake up early. Like, you know, for the most part. Um, So just play around with that. But yeah, sleep is so, so important for everything, especially like, especially for in a fat loss phase. (laughs) as well. Like I don't have hunger cues at the moment. Which is great, uh, but I know that will come as I get lower and lower body fat. Um, but it's fine because I'm going to be increasing my food as I go throughout this fat loss phase. So I'm going hard at the start, and then over the weeks, my food will slowly increase. And then, uh, yeah, uh, it is hot in Australia, and make sure you get that room cool because, mm. like, we want that body temperature lower than our normal day-to-day so then we can get to sleep a lot better and have that deeper sleep because you know when it's too hot and you just like wake up with sweating. Oh, for fuck's sakes. Like you need some coolness yep. in it.
1: <laughs> yep. I, I love the point that you touched on about how everyone's got different um circadian rhythms like and, and times that is more preferential for them to go to sleep and wake up. And I like to refer a lot of things back to like evolutionary speaking, right? So let's go way back it would make sense for like someone to have like a circadian rhythm of like midnight to eight AM. Like that's their sleeping pattern. And someone else to be like, No, I like going to bed at three AM till ten in the morning because more people are awake to check for predators or other tribes coming in or whatever it may be. It it actually makes a lot of sense for everyone to have different circadian rhythms and clocks. So the hard part is children, like you mentioned, mm. and your partner if your partner's on a different circadian rhythm or clock to you it makes it makes it very very difficult to make things work but yeah sleep is pivotal it's major 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 key so i really like that you touched on that because it, it may like some people see influences or whatever it may be oh i get up at 5 a.m every morning or i get up at 4 30 a.m every morning maybe that doesn't work for you like find find what works for you like it could be a case of swimming in a frozen lake at 1am every day is optimal for fat loss but you hate doing that doesn't work for you well then find what works for you and and a way that you can create fat loss like it's it's don't overcomplicate it find what works for you
0: yeah exactly and on that on that point of like people getting up like i love getting up early it's great Mm. start start starting the day but there are some people out there that may work until like 11 1. like so they're probably getting just as much work done but they're not you know, waking up that early but they're they're working late. So I don't know, there I don't know why, but it, it does sound cooler waking up early than going to bed late. <laughs> I don't know, there must be some I don't know what, what it is about it, but that it kinda of has like a a tinge to it, doesn't it, of like, oh you staying up late, like get to bed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't, yeah. I don't know even, what it even is. if they're up late working. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, I'm like, I don't know what it is, but it's like, oh, you're getting up, you know, four or five o'clock. Fuck, you must be on the grind. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I just like getting up this early, you know, watch, <laughs> the, watch the sunrise. <laughs> so,
1: there was, there was something else as well. You mentioned like, um, creating a nighttime routine. Now, I've listened to this from, um, Huberman, and it was to do with, like, creating a nighttime routine and Your brain senses of like, okay, I'm having my my shower now. Now I'm brushing my teeth. Now I'm putting a skin cream on and your nose will smell the toothpaste. It'll smell the skin cream. And it's like, okay, I do this religiously before going to sleep each night. And it's like, okay, this is the pattern. Okay, I'm calming myself for sleep. And just by going through the processes and sticking to a routine, regardless of what time it is, let's say you're a shift worker, regardless of what time it is, that will actually help you fall asleep, even if you are out of your circadian rhythm. So that's another thing that I just remembered while you were speaking. That I wanted to double back on it and bring back up the importance of like a routine going into sleep. Like it, it really is pivotal. So, yeah,
0: yeah. It's don't funny sleep on that. sleep. No, nah, it's funny you say that. Like, it's there's a certain per- period of time. Like I'll start to get tired, and then I'll look at it. I'm like, oh, yep, it's me. Like I'll be so awake for like, say it's maybe like nine o'clock. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. And then fucking like nine twenty hits. I'm like, no, nah, I'm gone. I need to go to sleep. Like even if we put something on the TV, I'm just like, nah, I'm can't fall asleep. So yeah, it's funny. Your your body your body knows, especially if you're doing routines and stuff. But you know when you need to go to bed. Like you're an adult, so we're just telling you how important sleep is and how easier, how much easier it will help you if you do have say a fat loss goal, even a muscle building goal or even just in general health of how important it is um, and yeah, having bad night after bad night, sleep after bad night, you know how bad that badly it, that affects you. Um, so yeah, like you said, don't sleep on sleep.
1: Another nail in the coffin, that study for, yeah. for poor sleep. Mm-hmm. All right, I got a fact for you. Love it. Love to hear it. Hit me with uh, it. It's been a while since I've heard a fact.
0: Yeah, mate. It's been a color. All right. There are over 30 species of mushrooms that actually glow in the dark. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, the chemical reaction called, oh, I'm going to fuck this up, bioluminescence, I think I got that right, produces a glowing light known as fox fire. People have been known to use these fungi to light their way through the woods. Well, there you go. Mm. And I looked it up and it looks
1: pretty cool. Mushrooms are great. I'm pretty sure there's a a Netflix series to do with mushrooms, right? Uh, I'm pretty sure. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure there is. Like, how to change your mind or something. I think it might be called. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So yeah. very very interesting. <laughs> I I like um putting them in like a like a pasta dish or something. You know, they're pretty much just pure protein. What's that? Mushrooms. They're pretty much just pure protein. There's like what no kind carbs. No fats in them.
0: What do you mean? There's no carbs? Are you serious?
1: There's like, the, yeah, I swear the, there's carbs. Mushrooms know. are there is like a little bit, but it's it's pretty much just protein. I they Do you want to get the macros up for you now? No,
0: no, I'm on my fitness power right now, mate.
1: <laughs> it's pretty. It's like the main macronutrient is protein. So
0: 0.3 grams. So this is per hundred. 0.3 carbs. 0.3 fat and 3.3 protein. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah,
1: it's pretty much. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, it, I I was. It's not that I didn't believe you. I it just didn't make sense to me. grams of fiber. It it doesn't
1: sound right, does it? Yeah. It's a protein source. Yeah. What the fuck? Mushrooms are great. Well,
0: there you go. That's cool. (laughs) I'm learning something.
1: You know why I like like mushrooms? Because I'm a fun guy. Oh. (laughs) Um, Okay. I've got an animal fact for you, and it's to do with the woodpecker. Okay. So, Me, I'm thinking woodpecker when they're banging away. I'm like, how do they not get like some form of like concussion Mm. or CTE or like brain injury or something? Mm. Well, I've got the answer for you. Okay. So the woodpecker's tongue wraps around the back of their brain to hold it in place, so they don't get concussion and their brain stays nice and still during high speed pecking.
0: Yeah, nice. Bit of cushioning, eh?
1: (laughs) Yeah. So the yeah the tongue. It it like fully wraps around like the back of their brain to hold it in place so it doesn't like rattle back and forth.
0: Shit. Imagine the first woodpeckers that didn't have that. (laughs) 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 Poor old Larry over there. He's only lasted a while. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I I found that fascinating. Like that. Yeah, they're the only animal whose tongue can touch their brain. Wow. And
0: that's the reason. That's the reason why. There you go. Ah. The more you know, the more you know. Animal facts, Rocky <laughs> boy, eh? Yeah. Anyway, done,
1: done with facts. You want to answer some questions?
0: Yeah, let's do it.
1: Before we get stuck into the questions, I just want to ask a small favor of you. If you get any value at all from this episode or any of the other episodes, whether that be space talk, animal facts, or maybe even health and fitness advice, can we please ask you share it with family or friends and leave us a five-star review? It helps us tremendously, and ultimately, it grows the brain-body movement thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. Question number one: when the equipment you want to use is busy, should I go ahead to the next exercise and come back, or should I substitute with a similar exercise that targets
0: the same muscles? Yes, now this will depend on when it's taken, what part of the uh, ex what number of exercise it is as well? So say it's like your third or fourth exercise down the line, then you can easily just go to the next exercise and then come back. And if it still hasn't been taken, then yeah, substitute it. But if it's like your first exercise that you're going to and you want to get stronger at that exercise, um, I would suggest maybe just waiting because you want to get strong at this exercise. And the first like one or two exercises are going to be like your biggest bang for your buck because you're going to be the most well-rested, it's going to be like you're going to get your most hardest sets in as well so i would probably depending on when you need like when if you need to substitute it to so say it's like a, a squat right if if the squat rack is taken i would probably like just do some mobility and warm up ask them how long they've got usually they wouldn't take any more than 10 minutes and that's like a good mobility session if you want to get your squat up but like You've got so many different substitutions like a hack squat or um, just like holding dumbbells or whatever. Any sort of squat pattern will work but it really depends on your goals and if you want to um, get better at this certain skill. So, I think I'm going to put it into two buckets here of do you want it for skill or do you want it for just hypertrophy? So. If it's for skill, then I would just wait, do some mobility. You could do another exercise, like maybe some hamstring curls or something that may help out a squat or something like that, um, but just light stuff. And then if it's for hypertrophy, I would go for like anything similar along those lines that will still get that same stimulus to that exercise you were doing um, and just substitute it because you're not losing any sort of gains on the table because it's a similar movement pattern and you could still push harder on that certain thing. But like, if it's to learn a skill, you, know, you want to be doing that, like within the first two exercises, like you don't, you don't want to be working on your squat, like on the last exercise, after you've just done a whole workout, like you're going to be wrecked. And that's where form can break down and you could potentially hurt yourself. So that's, that's, you got to be careful of that as well. Um, but really it doesn't, um, it's really up to you of what you want in from the workout. Like, if you've worked it out yourself, like if you don't even know what's a substitute, I guess you can go to the next exercise and then come back. It doesn't, it won't matter too much about exercise selection, but it's more so like your first two exercises. Personally, what I think is like they're going to be your biggest bang for your for your buck. So make sure that you know you're on to those two exercises first.
1: Yeah, my answer is very similar. So you can do either or. Like it really depends on the situation. Um, my preference would probably be just to skip one and come back. However, like you said, if it's the first exercise, the first exercise of a of a workout or what I design for clients is nine times out of 10, either a squat, a deadlift, a bench press or a pull-up. So they're pretty big compound lifts. I want you to put all of your energy and focus on them. Just wait five minutes, ask them how long they got. That may make, the, make them speed up a little bit. Um, yeah, so if it, unless it's the first exercise, I'd probably just go ahead one exercise and come back. Now, I will throw in the caveat of, let's say you've got a, a full body session and the, the session structure goes uh, lower body exercise, upper body exercise, lower body exercise, upper body exercise. Don't just go straight to the next exercise because then you'll be repeating two lower body in a row and you'll probably accumulate a lot more fatigue than usual. Go to the next upper body exercise, then go to the lower body, then go back to that upper body exercise. That's just a little caveat I figure I'd, I'd, I'd throw in there. But... Yeah, either or depends depends on on how you're feeling. Like if it's the fourth exercise, I wouldn't stress about it too much. You could just substitute, or you can go ahead and come back. E- either yeah. either works.
0: Yeah, we'll just we'll <clears throat> just do some like bicep curls while you're waiting. <laughs> That'd be right.
1: <laughs>
0: okay. Question number two:
1: What are the benefits of an ice bath or cold plunge? Mm.
0: Benefits of an ice bath or cold plunge. There's not a lot of human data on this. Um, it is very popular in the, um, I guess the biohacking space of like, it'll help with recovery, which it can help with recovery. Um, but that's been shown like straight after your workout. Um, but the thing with that is if you're going to an ice bath straight after a workout, then that could also impede muscle growth. So just be mindful of that as well. As for like, Ice bath, cold plunge, yeah, they're pretty well similar. Like I, I did some research on it. of comparing. There was like a study comparing. Um, I think it was cold plunge and just active recovery. So like going for a walk or a cycle or something for the recovery benefits, and it didn't outcompete it at all. So we kind of got to look at one: is this feasible to do every single day? Like, what do you want to get out of it? Like, there's there are benefits to it, but like, what do you actually want? What benefit? are you wanting right now are you wanting recovery which is the main one or are you wanting just mental clarity because that potentially could help as well with some mental clarity people feel good when they do it and then that may set them up for the rest of the day that's great maybe some um adrenaline is going through them and then they they're started ready for the day that that's great also but it's like how feasible is that for you to do every single day as well it's also uh one It's a um can be quite expensive if you are Find bags of ice and shit and put them in the cold plunge hey if you want to do it that's that's fine uh for fat loss i don't see enough evidence showing fat loss here like we say calorie deficit if you do an extra cold plunge it it may turn a little like i it does increase your um, metabolic rate but how long are you going to be in that extended Mm. metabolic rate like you're going to go in there for a whole hour and even if that whole hour maybe that's like 250 calories, but over a whole 24 hour period, like, what's that, 10 calories extra an hour? Like it's, it's negligible. So I probably wouldn't worry about fat loss. If you want to do it because you want to look cool on Instagram, go right ahead. If you want to do it for like the, the mental aspect of it, cause I know like I used to do like cold showers a lot. I felt really good and it, and it was a healthy habit that I thought that it would set my day up. And it's like, oh, I've done my shower, I've done a hard thing as well. And now I can start the day like i can see that i just don't see enough evidence showing that um it's better for recovery than say active recovery um there was also a study a meta-analysis of like 99 different studies of the best recovery agents and the best one that came out was massage but that's not feasible either because massages cost (laughs) money like 80 100 bucks or whatever and that was straight after a workout as well so you know You've got to go shower and then go to – it's just like – so there are benefits, but it's also – there are some detriments as well of like if you go in straight after a workout, you may not get as much muscle hypertrophy if that's what you want and also the danger of like having hypothermia too if you stay in there for so long. So I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying like why do you want to do it and then just work back from there of like I want to do it for fat loss, probably wouldn't. I want to do it for recovery. Maybe potentially in certain situations, I want to do it for mental clarity before I start my day. Go right ahead. So that's what I would say on that. Like, like I said, I don't. I, I tried to search them, and a lot of them are just articles and just articles. And there was like yeah. a couple um, studies on it. There's there's not a lot of data, but there's a lot of people
1: preaching that it helps reduce inflammation. Well, inflammation oh, is yeah. a is a is a mandatory. Um, mandatory part of training, right? You need the inflammation to be able to recover. So do you want to blunt that information so that would therefore impact your recovery, not, not help it. Um, the other one is the study of uh, turns white fat to brown fat. Brown fat's the one that's much more easily burned. I mean, big whoop. The the benefits for me have nothing to do with physical, nothing to do with anything like that. It's, it's purely mental and it teaches you how to acclimatize to stress. So you're in a stressful situation and it's like, okay, this is cold, this is cold. But it, teach, it teaches you how to be calm when your body is giving you feedback of like, okay, we got to get out of this situation. So for me, the benefit to an ice bath or a cold plunge is purely mental. I don't, I don't care about physical. I'm not doing it straight after a workout. Um, I'm not doing it to turn my white fat into brown fat. It's like one I don't like doing this, it's shit, it's really cold and therefore, okay, I did this hard thing, now every other task I can do seem, seems easy or let's say I've done this hard thing and then you go and do something enjoyable afterwards, it may seem more enjoyable because you've done the hard thing and got the shit thing out of the way and then, yeah, the mental the mental benefit of acclimatizing yourself to stress because being in freezing cold is stressful so you get used to dealing with stress better but that's 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 the main benefit for me. I I don't really care about physical. I'm not I'm not a inflammation or white fat to brown fat or whatever other bullshit they're preaching, caloric burn. I mean, you watch there'll be a study done like the one we talked about earlier and it was like actually caloric restriction seems to be more effective
0: for weight loss than ice baths. Well, <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny you say it. Like, I think for most people that are listening to this, it won't matter too much. But in the state that it might happen is for people that have a lot of inflammation, like the elderly, they've actually shown um, if you lower the inflammation, like even giving them NSAIDs and stuff, lower the inflammation, they do build muscle. So I think there's that balance of like, how much inflammation do you have right now? Can we lower it? So then you are actually in a good place for hypertrophy to happen. So, I see it for that. But for most young people that are maybe under the age of 40, I don't think we need to worry too much about it. Um, and also, another note, I did read something about even just having like a, a cold bath, like just below lukewarm water can still help in aiding recovery and not blunt that um, response of inflammation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you could just go home and have a bath um, in in cool cool water um, and it'll be just as good as as an ice bath and you don't have to spend all your money going down to the server and get some bags of ice. But <laughs> I think it's good fun. Um, but yeah, it's probably not, it's, it's not feasible to do as well all the time. Like yeah, having to get, you know, get yeah. back unless you have like a, one of these fridges. I, I set people, up, yeah, yeah, like
1: a chest freezer or chess I free. see people do them out of wheelie bins, but yeah, mm. go, go for the, go for the mental health benefits rather than anything, anything physical. Okay, question number three. Is it better to take five grams of creatine monohydrate post-workout or before bed each night, regardless of a workout or rest day? I'm currently taking it before bed, but is the timing better post-workout?
0: There have been a few studies showing that it's a little bit better after, um, after your workout just to utilize it a little bit more. But in all honesty, take your creatine, when you will remember to take it. So have that routine of like, okay, if you finish your workout, maybe you have a workout shake, chuck the creatine in there. Or if you have like a tea at night, have your creatine in your tea or have it to the side if you're worried about the effect of it being in hot water. If you're in the morning, that's the first thing you do with your coffee, have creatine, whatever. Just find what works best for you. Because I think the problem with um, people saying saying that they don't see the results of creatine, because it's so small. And most people forget to take it anyway. Mm-hmm. So, just just find a time that you'll be able to take it. Even set an alarm for a little bit when you first start to take it. Just four, four to three to five grams every single day. Um, this was a guy asking this. So, um, yeah, find find a time that works best for you when you take it because that is what I see the most of like people just forget to take it. And sometimes I forget to take it, to be honest. Like we're all human. we all got busy lives like... Um, but it's pretty ingrained in me to make sure that I've got it there. Chuck chuck, in, chuck it in, whatever, like my protein shake and stuff. And then go from there because, yeah, this is like so small to even to even worry about. Like make sure you're training. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's, that'll be your biggest one.
1: So to be specific to the question, he's talking about taking it post-workout. You don't work out seven days a week. So on the days where – You don't train, what are you gonna do then? Are you just gonna try and remember? Like so I think you're on the right track with taking it before bed because it's the one you'll be most consistent with remembering. So my advice specifically to that question would be continue with taking it before bed because it's consistent, it's already a habit, it's already something ingrained. Don't don't overcomplicate the wheel or try and fix something that isn't broken. Just stay consistent with that.
0: Yeah. No, that's that's a great point, especially specifically to this question. If you're taking it every night, yeah, it might as well be consistent just like with your bedtime routine. It's like yeah. You've already got the habit, just just keep going. Yeah. It's part of your bedtime routine now. Just because creatine works by saturating the creatine muscles. Um and we don't it doesn't really matter. It's not a a acute thing like something like caffeine is. Like you wouldn't take like you can take it before a workout, but it's not going to do anything. Mm. It's just the same with like beta alanine as well. You make it the tingles, but it doesn't work acutely. It works by saturating the muscles. So, yeah, take it when you best see fits. And in this question, it's probably before bed. Agreed.
1: Question number four. My lower body has more body fat than the upper body. What can I do to balance it out?
0: Mm. Well, you can't really. Liposuction. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If you're... um, Now, this was a woman... Uh, saying this, that is just purely because of your genetics of where you store your body fat um, and in general women do store it more on their lower bodies and men are more upper body around their stomach, back a bit. Um, but what you can do is you can build muscle um, around that upper body um, and then uh, that, that'll kind of symmetrically make that a little bit bigger and then lose fat so then it'll come from your lower extremities and then that'll make it more I guess quote unquote balance out like you want. Um but also like, you know, I guess this is a very aesthetics question. Mm-hmm. Right so, so that's where that's where I'm going. I could easily say just, you know, be happy with your body and all that shit. But mm-hmm. like I think she wants a specific all uh, right, lose enough, like get in a deficit, lose fat, it'll come off there inevitably. You can't spot reduce. You can build up both upper body and lower body so then the, the area of the muscle kind of spreads out the fat over the, over the muscle as well so it doesn't look as like out of proportion as well but that's, again, just going into smaller details. Um, but yeah, that's probably what I would say. Yeah, you can't spot
1: reduced fat. No, no amount of riding on a bike, walking on a treadmill is going to make you lose fat from your uh, lower body. It's uh, just a case of dieting down enough and eventually losing the body fat but yeah, genetics, it is what it is. I temp- typically hold a lot of fat on my lower back because that's typically where men hold a lot lot of body fat. I hold none on my legs whatsoever. They're always really lean. I hold none on my arms whatsoever. They're always really lean. Tends to be just around the trunk for me. Whereas majority of women, it's lower body. It's a case of it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is, Brocky Boy. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. yeah. Not, not really much you can do. Diet down, continue to lose body fat. It will eventually fall from there. Um, but for me to throw my two cents in, nothing, nothing quite like a pair of thick legs. I like a pair of thick legs, so yeah. it's all good.
0: It's all good, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 a hard one because it's like not what people want to hear. They they want to hear do this exercise and then the body fat will just come off it. But you've just got to just keep making sure that you get enough sleep doing the basics like we spoke about at the start of the podcast um, and just keep going and it will slowly come off. Like if you think it's going to take you 12 weeks, it's not. It's probably going to take you double, maybe even triple how long you think it might take because it's not linear. Fat loss isn't linear. It's not down, 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 down. It's down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up and then trending down. The weight, just like if you're gaining weight as well to a certain degree, like you have times that like you go up and down, up and down. It's like a stepladder. So you just got to stick with it and then just find what works best for you, creating that calorie deficit. Keep working out your body. Don't, don't not work it out because you think you're going to um, look bigger. Like keep working out your um, lower body because I think some people might say, oh, my lower body's too big and then stop working it out and then they still have the fat there and then it doesn't look as good. Like you could still be the same weight, gain muscle, lose fat and look better. So that's also another thing. So like don't not train your legs um, because they'll look better once the fat is gone. You know what I mean? Because you might might diet all the way down and you've stopped training legs and then you're not happy with your legs and you're like, shit, now you got to get back into like at least maintenance or a surplus and then gain a little bit of body fat and gain some muscle around there and then to see what you want to see so that's that's another little thing that you have to you have to worry about yeah
1: now person listening that asked this question sorry about this answer it's like like i said it is is what it is it's just where you typically tend to hold uh, store your body fat just continue to diet down like brad said do the basics train upper body and lower body together and you'll eventually get there but It's just a case of that's where you hold your body fat. Whereas uh, you'll find a lot of like, uh, like influencers, particularly males, they typically hold no body fat on their stomach. So bang, looks like they've got a shredded six pack year round. But if you were to see them in shorts, they typically hold a lot of fat on their legs just because that's where they hold their fat. So it'll just be the last place you lose it. You just got to be consistent, keep doing the basics over and over and you'll eventually get there. But just Just be kind to yourself in regards to that is where you store body fat. You can't undo your genetics.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a a good one. It's just like try not to let it get get you down too much. Like know that just do what we say and then you'll be able to do it. Um, But yeah, try not to get like, I don't know, buy random supplements off of the internet saying that it'll spot reduce your lower body fat or something. You know, that's not going to work. Good. All good, mate.
1: Okay, that's all for the questions today. If you want your questions answered in the future, make sure you are following us at brain.body.movement, at Brad Dapper, and at Brock underscore Dalgleish. And you can ask us a question whenever we put up a sticker box or send us a DM. We just want to say thank you so much for listening to us. If you enjoyed or took any value at all from this episode, we'd really appreciate it if you took a screenshot and shared the Instagram stories. We would also love it if you shared it with family and friends and left us a five-star review. And don't forget to turn on post notifications so you don't miss an episode in the future. But before we go, if we can leave you with a few things, make your damn bed, get your steps in, and be kind to one another. It is Um, is this a new thing this week? Are you doing a new like ad of like when to listening this week?
0: Yeah, I haven't even made up a new one yet. How many have we done in the last one?
1: Maybe maybe four or five. I'll go back and listen.
0: Maybe I'll just um do, do mine one more if you don't. One more, talk. Yeah, yeah, do, yeah.
1: I don't think anyone would be counting. Me going, Brad did five. Brock's done six. Imagine that. Imagine that the fucking comments. Someone I'm gives yeah. us a message. M- 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 <S- Yeah.
0: laughs> right. One star review. It's like <laughs> yeah. <laughs>